What's going on, everybody? I hope everybody's well. Episode 142. Man, I can't believe we've come this far. We're going to be at episode 150 in a couple weeks. And then the YouTube channel is about to start kicking off. I finally finished the graphics. I just need to do a couple more before I can finally say, okay, it's go time. And then I'm just going to be trying to pump them out, bro. Be trying to pump them out, but make sure you follow me. Punch the mouth official on Instagram, official underscore patm on X. Peace, guys. Later. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Punch Them Out podcast. I'm Adrian. Bro, some stuff has happened in the last 24 hours. The UFC is going out with a bang. I thought Bellator was going out with a bang. The UFC is going out with a bang. First up, and we're going to talk a little bit about WWE on this podcast. So if you're not a fan of that, I'll let you know when I'm going to talk about it. So you can fast forward if you like. If you don't like, if you want to listen, that would be much appreciated. But here we go. Dana White announces UFC 295 co-main event and UFC 296 title fights. Now, UFC 295 has been booked to be headlined by John Jones and Stipe Miocic. UFC CEO Dana White took to social to his social media channels to make some high magnitude announcements regarding the final two pay per views of 2023. Joining the heavyweight title fight between John Jones and Stipe Miocic, headlining UFC 295 in New York City, Yuri Prohaska and Alex Pereira are set to do battle for the vacant light heavyweight title. Prohaska hasn't fought since he's captured the light heavyweight gold over Gloria Teixeira in June of 20, 2022. Due to injury, but he is keen on getting his belt back. Pereira, on the other hand, is seeking his second title in as many weight classes after capturing the middleweight gold in Madison Square Garden in 2022. White called them the most exciting and scariest fighters on the roster, respectively, so it's sure to bring the New York crowd to its feet. A month later, the Octagon returns to Las Vegas for UFC 296. Welterweight champion Leon Edwards makes his second title defense against cardio king Colby Covington. Edwards is coming out back-to-back wins over Kamar Usman, who beat Covington twice when he was champ. Other than Usman, though, Covington has relatively dominated each of his opponents. Joining those two in Las Vegas is an exciting flyweight title bout between newly minted champion Alexandre Pantoja makes his first title defense against Brandon Royval. Pantoja is coming off a strong performance in which he wrestled away the belt from Mexico's Brandon Moreno with Royval. While Royval Roy Val rides a three-fight win streak, the fight is a rematch of their bout up, for, up from August 2021, which Pantoja submitted Royval in the second round. Roy was sure to emphasize the fact that the matchmakers aren't finished fleshing out the last two pay-per-view cards 
of the year just yet. So stay tuned to UFC.com for any and all updates regarding the fights. I mean, I've been to, if you've been listening to this, I've been telling you guys, like, if what j- the rumors of John Jones not wanting Colby on the New York card are true, because I, be- they, I believe, this is what I believe. I believe what they originally wanted was to put that Leon Edwards fight on the New York card. But because John Jones hates Colby Covington so much, like I said la- last time, he had, he's that type of guy, man. He's that type of guy and he has that type of power. He has that type of power, okay? So, I don't know, man. Like, that's what I think. But, man. And I know Kobe's already talking. Because if I go in search of Kobe Covington, like I'm about to do, it's going to come out. Watch. Kobe Covington reacts after booking Leon Edwards' title fight at UFC 296. America's champ is back. It was announced yesterday by UFC CEO Dana White that the UFC 296 main event. Welterweight title fight will feature Colby Covington versus Leon Edwards. UFC 296 takes place on December 16th at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Chaos has not fought since March of 2022 when he defeated Jorge Masvidal via unanimous decision. At UFC 272, Covington will be making his first appearance in the octagon in nearly two years. The 35-year-old came up short in his previous two bids at becoming a UFC champion. With the pair of losses to Kamar Usman, but we'll get another shot at the title when he meets Edwards this coming December. Rocky last fought and defeated Kamar Usman by majority decision this past March. It will be Edwards' second title defense. The very accomplished 32-year-old has not tasted defeat in the past eight years. Kobe Covington posted a video to Instagram with the tagline, America's champ is back, baby, 12-16-2023. <laughs> I added the 2020 part because it just says 12, 16, 23. I haven't seen the video, so it goes on to say in the video, Covington is saying, the people were asking me, why aren't you fighting? When is the king of Miami coming back? Continuing Covington said, well, guess what, America? America's champ is back. Now let's get the bell back to America on the 305. Are you looking? Uh, yes, I'm looking forward to this fight because I will say one thing. If Colby can't get him done, it's going to be a long night for Colby. But if Colby, because the one thing I always said, and honestly, it makes me wonder why people had such a hard time with Kamar. Maybe he's just stronger than he looks. The knockout power. But if Colby paces and paces and paces him and Leon can't get his kicks, and if he can check the kicks, Colby wins this fight. Like, Colby won't need to take him down. But, like, because Leon sets a lot of things up with kicks. if. Kobe paces him and like holds him and like gets him down and like he doesn't even need to like he needs to dominate but doesn't he doesn't need to hold him on the ground like if he can pace him for twenty minutes and beat him like that he'll win the belt because honestly the first fight it was two two going into the fifth Kamaru and Kobe and then Kobe got dropped bro Kobe got dropped gonna be an interesting fight this is do or die for Colby I'll tell you that much because if he loses this fight there's no way he gets another title shot it's do or die for Colby and if he wants to do it now because he's he's 35 he is 35 I think yeah this is it for him man he has to do it now if he wants to be champ he has to do it now but there are some things I wanted to talk about and one of them is Israel Adesanya and we will talk about the fights. Don't think I forgot about that. Israel Adesanya breaks silence about Sean Strickland loss. Felt like a bad dream. 
Israel Asanya has broken his silence about his UFC 293 loss to Sean Strickland. The two-time UFC middleweight champion published an interview on his YouTube channel with his brother David Adesanya on Wednesday, reflecting on his thoughts about the stunning title loss for the first time since UFC 293. Quietly confident, Adesanya responded when asked about how he was feeling. Quietly confident after watching the fight. I was like, oh yeah, I see. Adesanya 34 suffered a one of the most shocking UFC results in recent memory when he lost a one-sided unanimous decision at the hand of Strickland at the September 10th pay-per-view. Adesanya was an overwhelming betting favorite to defeat Strickland and a notch and notch the ninth championship win of his UFC career. However, it was Strickland who became the story. The brash American outstruck and outworked Adesanya pillar to post. An all stand up affair. Strickland even knocked down Adesanya with a wicked first round flurry and closed the bout, taunting Adesanya and roaring at the now former champ to come forward. How did I feel in there? Like a bad dream, Adesanya said. It wasn't a nightmare. Nightmare's like, oh shit, fuck. A nightmare's like, you're scared. It was just like, you try and hit the guy and it feels like noodle arms. Just like, what the fuck? Oh, so yeah, I just felt like that like a bad dream the feeling i had watching it is completely different and i called coach eugene right afterwards and we talked and the same thing i'm quietly confident adesanya said tuesday it felt as if the bout went by surprisingly fast in the moment he said he felt fine after the knockdown and fully and was fully recovered but the round of, by the start of round two however strickland pace and pressure never let him settle into a comfortable flow I didn't realize it was the last round, Adesanya said. I was like, this is it? This is the last round? Because I saw the round and I was like, oh, fuck. Okay, vamonos. You need to do something. But yeah, it was just the way I felt in that fight. But again, it's also the way he worked. He just never let me get into my rhythm at all. I wasn't able to get into my rhythm because of his pressure. And he was right there constantly and whatever. I was setting him up because... He's right there and his coach would help him and I'd be like, fuck, it's just a good game plan from their end. But also for me, I wasn't able to adjust on the fly. I mean, again, I will say this. Sean Strickland took a book out of the Diaz page and he made it better because he would check kicks. I'm telling you, if the Diaz brothers could check kicks, they'd be the best fighters because their pressure is relentless. And it goes on to say, Adesanya noted that a teammate pointed out in retrospect that that style bender didn't Carry himself with the same intensity he had after UFC 293. Switched from a grudge match against Drickis Duplicis to a fight against Strickland as a replacement opponent. I saw admitted that he didn't have that venom for Strickland, but said that he still felt at the top of his game, at least until the action started in the cage. I mean, I'm reading this and hearing everything Israel's saying to me it sounds like he just overlooked Strickland and I think Sean said the same thing like the rematch will be harder let's see if I can find it oh look this is the original reason I want to read that at UFC 293 Adesanya lost his middleweight title as he dropped the decision to Sean Strickland in a rather one-sided fight it was a disappointing performance for Izzy and since then many wondered what would be next for Adesanya as there were talks of running it back. However, Israel Adesanya says he isn't concerned with the immediate rematch to get his belt back. Instead, he says, the belt never mattered to him. The belts never mattered to me. I mean, it does obviously, but how many times have I said it's just a fancy Tara that brings more money and this and that, Israel said on his YouTube channel. 
The belts are just a nice accessory. I've already got belts. I've got many belts. I'm just going to do it again just for fun. Just for fun. I mean, I don't suspect that the, they won't rematch. They will eventually. But this is what I'm saying. He doesn't deserve the next immediate. Because look at it. If you guys don't want to give Aljo an immediate title shot, then Israel doesn't deserve one either, in my opinion. Because Aljo at least had three title defenses and got caught. He won the first round against Sean. Like, Israel, like, what can you tell? Like, he barely won the belt back from Alex. And then he loses the way he lost. How does that garnish an immediate rematch? Other than it gives him... He brings the UFC a lot of money. That he does do. I will not deny that. But that he does do. But out of all of this, you know what that means in hindsight with these two new UFC cards being announced? You know who's not on there? It's Conor McGregor. Conor's not on there. That means he's not going to fight till next year. I wonder if he's even in the pool at this point because... Let's see what this says. Conor McGregor will not return to the UFC in 2023 after years of remaining. After the, the years remaining fights were confirmed by Dana White, but the Irish stars expected to return to the octagon in 2024. Conor will not return in the 2023 as the schedule is released. Dana White previously said the star is expected back in the octagon next year. Conor McGregor will not return to the UFC in 2023 after the year's remaining schedule was confirmed by the franchise CEO, Dana White. The Irishman has not fought since July of 2021 when he lost to a first round against Dustin Poirier after suffering a serious leg break. However, he's been teasing the prospect of a comeback before the end of the calendar year, but missed the window to re-enroll in the USADA drug testing pool back in July, which made the return difficult. The schedule has been released without McGregor's name, with Leon Edwards defending his UFC welterweight crown against Colby Covington, among the pick of the fights remaining in 2023. Last week, White told TV host Pierce Morgan, he is back in the gym, he is training, and yes, I expect to see Conor fighting next year. Why add it? McGregor has a certain level of money that's meant that priority shifted away from the way athletes focus when they're coming up and working hard to dedicate themselves to an athletic discipline. White said, there are a lot of people that made a lot of money and a lot of people left and they went and retired or moved on. You have to have a certain type of drive to make this kind of money. And you have seen guys in the sport when... They make this kind of money, they will fight a lot less, like Connor has, or go on a losing streak because you're not the same person you once you get that kind of money. I mean, maybe. And like maybe the thing is Connor has a lot of yes men around him. And I think maybe that's what makes it hard, you know? Like, cause look at Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury's still undefeated. Granted, he hasn't fought the best competition. Like they've been trying to do Alexander Yusek for the longest and that still hasn't come to fruition so but look he's still undefeated i'm pretty sure he's like how much is conor mcgregor worth we're gonna look how much conor mcgregor is worth conor mcgregor is worth 200 million dollars now let's see how much tyson fury is worth wow really tyson fury is only worth 65 million dollars i thought he would be worth more Okay, but look at somebody like Floyd Mayweather, and then you can say, well, Floyd has a lot of discretions. 
Floyd Mayweather is worth $450 million. What about Lionel Messi? Messi's worth $600 million. Okay, my point is we have all these athletes, right? But you're not going to compare soccer to fighting because, let's be honest, fighting is a lot more taxing than probably soccer is. Connor can't play 50 games a year. He can't fight 50 times a year. He could probably fight three, four times a year, but saying he could play 50 games a year and Messi doesn't play all that, right? And there, there's probably just a lot more money in um, soccer and all that stuff because of TV rights. Soccer is the most popular sport in the world. Maybe not here in the U.S., but around the world, that's easily number one, number two. So Connor's worth $200 million, huh? So we'll see if he fights Chandler next year because he says his idea was to fight Chandler, then Gaethje, and then Diaz. So we'll see. And again, like I said, you saw UFC Noche or Noche UFC. They had Nate on the screen. They don't do that for just anybody, bro. All right, let's look at these fights. Rafael Fazib will take on Mateusz Gamera. Bryce Mitchell will take on Dan Ige. Marina Rodriguez will take on Michelle Watterson. Brian Battle will take on AJ Fletcher. Ricardo Ramos will take on Charles Jordan. Damn, that's a pretty good main card. Tim Means is fighting Andre Fialojo. Fijo Fialojo. So, Rafael Fazi versus Mateusz Gamera. I just believe it's going to be Mateusz Gamera's pace versus Rafael's power. Because I believe Rafael hits harder. I'm saying Rafael. Rafael. I'm so sorry. Rafael hits harder. So, we'll see, man. Bryce Mitchell versus Danny Gay. That's a crazy fight. It's going to be Bryce Mitchell's grappling versus Danny Gay's punching power, man. That's crazy right there. Marina Rodriguez will take on Michelle Watterson. I want to know who Marina Rodriguez pissed off because she was doing good. I think she even beat Jan Shainan. And then she went on a losing streak. She lost to Amanda Lemos and then she lost to Virna Jandaroba. But look, she has wins over Mackenzie Dern. Michelle Water, look, it's a rematch. Michelle Waterson, Amanda Hibas, and Jan Shainan. Let me look at her ranking in the UFC. She's number eight. Mackenzie, who she beat, is number seven. Birna, who she lost to, is number five. Um, her and Jessica, number five, I believe they're friends. Amanda Lemos, who she's lost to, is number four. And a girl she's beat, Jan Shainan, is number two. Okay, just so you guys know. Just so you guys know. So I want to know who she pissed off because, I don't know, I just have a problem with that type of stuff. She pissed somebody off, and I just want to know who. I would like to know who. And then for our final story of this evening, or this episode, I should say, we're going to talk about MMA managers and the fiduciary duty they have to their fighters. So let's see what happens. Let's see if I can find it. Let's see what happens. I'm an idiot. Is it this? Let's see. Is it this? No. I don't know. I can't find it. But apparently John Finch says that with this court case, and I did find the court case, so I'll read some of that to you guys. The plaintiff seemingly earned a strategic victory in the antitrust lawsuit against the UFC in 2020. Nearly three years later, that win has been made official. Federal Judge Richard F. Bolliver granted the plaintiff's class certification on Wednesday, according to a document from the U.S. District Attorney for the District of Nevada. The lawsuit against the UFC, which has which was filed in 2014, will now be a class action suit, meaning almost 1,200 fighters can sue the UFC as a collective for alleged unfair business practices. 
The class period encompasses any fighter who competed in the UFC from December 16, 2010 to June 30, 2017. The UFC plans to appeal the decision. The promotion told ESPN in a statement from its lead counsel, William A. Isaacson. Baldwin said he would be granting class cert- certification in a status conference call in December 2020. But he did not file an official approval of the plaintiff's motion until when. Thrilled to announce the, that the court in the UFC's case has certified the class of MMA fighters, one of the plaintiff's attorney, Eric Kramer, wrote on X, formerly known as Twitter. We look forward to demonstrating our allegations that the UFC abused its market power to suppress fighters' pay before a jury in Las Vegas. The fight for fighter justice continued. The plaintiffs, which include former UFC fighter Chung Lee and John Finch, allege that the UFC is an illegal monopoly and monopolized and have snuffed out the competition from other MMA promoters in an effort to downdrive fighter wages. The case still has a long way to go, potentially years, but without class certification, it was likely dead in the water. Okay, so the point is that they're gonna. They're, the, I'm gonna read the bottom part. The plaintiffs are seeking between 800 million to 1.6 billion in damages from the UFC. Balwar did not grant certification for the identity class part of the suit where fighters claim the UFC suppressed licensing fees associated with identity rights. I guess this means, like, they have the rights to their likeness and all this stuff and stuff like that. And now, with go on to, if you want to find this, because I don't know where to find the full video, but this clip that I'm going to talk about to you right now, you can find it on Sirius XM's Fight Nation's Instagram page. It's, it's a video of John Fitch talking to um, Jimmy Smith about the class action lawsuit and the fact that he's saying a lot of managers are going to dodge the bullet because they rather be good with the promotion rather than the fighter and that the manager has a fiduciary duty to do best for the fighter. For those who don't know what fiduciary duty means, like I didn't. Fiduciary duty is a legal responsibility to act solely in the best interest of another party. Fiduciary means trust, and a person with fiduciary duty has a legal obligation to maintain the trust. For example, lawyers have a fiduciary duty to act in the best interest of their client. So there you go. Managers also have the duty, right? They have to do what's best for their fighters. So for example, what John Finch says in this clip, and I'm telling you, you can find it on the series XM MMA. What is it? Is it MMA or just Fight Nation? On the series XM Fight Nation Instagram page, he says managers have a fiduciary duty to do that for the fighters, but they'd rather be good with the promotion. For example, let's say if the UFC um, promises the manager something, well, if you could give me this fighter and get him to agree to this deal, we'll give you this. So again, they go into business for them. So this is, these are his words. If they're going into business for themselves, that sucks because then everything um, Sean O'Malley says is true. Like managers are scumbags. And I'm not saying all of them are because I like a lot of them because some of them talk to me, not all of them do, but some of them do. But if what John Finch is saying is true, then Sean O'Malley, what Sean O'Malley is saying true that he doesn't get what managers in MMA are for, he's got a point. But that's what I'll leave you guys with. Make sure you follow me, Punch the Mouth Official on Instagram, official underscore P-A-T-M on X. Peace, guys. Later.